Hello everyone, welcome again to Odyssey House Journals, one of the most watched and listened to podcasts about recovery and addiction anywhere. Uh, my co-host is Rachel Santizo. Hi Randall. Hi. And our guest is Leanne Marsh, who I will introduce in just a second, but first a little quiz. Okay. Matt has given us some statistics Thanks, on Matt. people who are watching or listening to the podcast. Okay. Now, I'll ask both of you, if you had to guess, because you got figure this goes out on the internet and people anywhere can watch or listen to it, what would be the city that would be the most, that, that would listen or watch the most to this podcast? Go ahead. I'm going to say Chicago. No, oh. they're, they're down the list. Good try, though. I <laughs> yes. like it, the Windy yeah. City. I'm going to say Atlanta just because I just went there. No, no. Would you believe it's Columbus, Ohio? Really? With over a 1,000 people tuning into this. Oh You'd think goodness. it might be Salt Lake since we're locally based here. And that's interesting. We didn't even try for Salt Lake. No. We went, we went far out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? A 1,000 people. Maybe that's good. I went to school there. Okay, mm. and and my addiction to alcohol got pretty heavy because I was a bartender. For those of you in Columbus, I was a bartender at a bar called the North Heidelberg, which is near the corner of High Street and Framby's, right on one side of the campus. So I helped other people get hooked on alcohol too, along with myself. So. I feel like our ratings might have just gone up in that in, city in now Columbus, too. Because I localized <laughs> it. And that, I, it's, uh, so it goes in order, Columbus, Salt Lake City, Los Angeles, Brussels, Belgium. Wow. I don't know why. Farmington, Las Vegas, Ogden, Yonkers, uh, Logan, cool. South Jordan, Magna, Saratoga Springs, Richardson, which I believe is in Texas, American Fork, Provo, Orem, and San Marcos. Where's San Marcos? I don't know. California, maybe? I don't know. Isn't that interesting? So welcome everybody. That's pretty. That's pretty wild. That's awesome, actually. So, so even though my Ohio State Buckeyes lost really bad, to I know Michigan, I was going to mention gonna, that, yes. but I didn't dare. So a lot more people went to the bar after that. So <laughs> yeah. to drown their sorrows. Our guest today is Leanne Marsh, who's a longtime friend of both Rachel and me. Yes. And I think it's safe to say, well, first of all, Leanne spends every day in jail. Mm -hmm. But it's her job. <laughs> but before that, she did spend time in jail. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. I sure did. So you're returning to your old home, <laughs> yeah. sort of, only in a professional uh, professional sense. Uh, tell us what you do right now. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so right now, uh, I have the opportunity to work as a case manager. Um, and And that really entails, like, uh, running groups, getting to have individuals that you work one-on-one -on -one with um, and, uh, you know, reports to the judge, um, documentation, stuff like that. And this know? is in our CATS program that's run by Odyssey House, but yeah. it happens right inside the jail. Yeah. I always have trouble. I had to write this down. Do you know what CATS stands for? Correctional Addiction Treatment, treatment services. services. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 So it, it's referred to as the CATS program. So yeah. describe the CATS program for people. This is for people who come into jail with, with drug charges, right? Yeah. So they, um, so yes, they have drug charges and they have to be, um, they, they have to be 
in the jail in order for that to happen. Like they can't, they can't be out on the street and so come in. I want to, not that you'd find many people saying, oh, "I want to come into jail." Well, that's you interesting. Never know. You never know. You, you act, we actually do have family members that are like, "How do we get um, my son mm. in your program?" Wow. And it's like, well, we don't mm. want you to get your. Yeah, right. <laughs> Let's he, do an he intervention has to be first. first. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. And that makes sense. Like as a family member, to get them off the streets and safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, that makes complete sense to and, me. Yeah. And your sentence has to be at least three months because that's mm-hmm. how long the program mm-hmm. yeah. is, right? Yeah. And then judges. So judges can can um, have you go as part of your sentence. Um, LDAs sometimes will push for that. Uh, and um, legal defenders. Yeah, for those sorry. Of you don't know. Yeah, sorry about that. Yes. Yeah, legal defenders. Um, and then, of course, there's always the every once in a while a prosecutor that um, says, "Yeah, I, let's give them that opportunity to go do treatment um, before we, you know, throw the key away." Type thing. And this is inherently a treatment program that's uh, pretty much like our residential treatment programs uh, on the outside, right? Yes. And yes. And and it's probably uh, well, it's it a lot of one on one, right? Yeah. So you yes. get to know these people. Yes. Are, are these really? You think about it. These are people in special pods mm-hmm. in, in within the jail. Yep. Uh, like, are they dangerous people? I mean, you work with them every day. Yeah. Just, so um, interestingly enough, I'm just going to throw it out there that first of all we. Uh, uh, for confidentiality, we we don't ever look at their charges. Um, that's not uh, my concern. I don't need to know that. And and really, if you think about it, um, as humans, we tend to judge and have biases if we do know. And so, if I don't know what your charge is or Rachel's charges, mm-hmm. um, I'm probably going to benefit you a lot more. Because what happens if I I right. uh, get rubbed yeah. the wrong Randall's way. Randall's a bad dude. Yeah, <laughs> then I'm like, oh, why is he my individual, right? Yeah, yeah. And then I, I forget to meet with you. and, um, But, uh, yeah, definitely some, we, we, maybe people would assume that they have, um, they're not, not good people, but I don't agree with that. Um, I, one thing that the jail does insist on, um, and, and I'm guessing Odyssey as well, is that they have to have, they have to be in minimum, um, which right. So there's a level of of care in the jail itself, which is um, minimum, medium, max. Right. Um, and so our gentlemen can't be in max and come in. They have to be in blue, which is minimum, and uh, and then they they get to be in there for for 90 days and um, get to uh, have someone work with them one on one. Every other week, even though I see mine every week, ah. <laughs> because because I can and because I think it's cool, right? Yeah. To get a, I mean, what a great experience, you know. Mm. We have some really really great great clients. I would really would almost call them a peer. They're you know I don't think of them as as what they think. I think of them literally as my peer, like. And speaking of being right. peers, let's uh, we'll get back to cats in a second, but let's let's talk about your past since you literally are a peer of them. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, or were. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Sometimes I want to again. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I found myself just like many other people. I found myself uh, addicted to a substance, 
um, that completely devastated my life, my family's life, um, and I turned to things that I would have never thought that I would do, um, and that's, you know, committing crimes against our community, and, and um, which entails, right, stores, people, all that, um, and uh, found myself committing crimes, and... To get money for the drugs. Right. Right. And, and, and interestingly enough, to also survive, kind of, right? Because mm-hmm. if, if I have a new shirt and, and you want my new shirt, I can either uh, sell it to you for drugs or I can actually, maybe you have a sandwich or two that you're going to offer me, right. right? And a place to sit for a minute. So it's kind of weird how that works. But um, So how long were you in active addiction? Uh, six years straight. The only time I didn't use was when I was in jail, uh, but a couple times I used in jail too. So. And how did it all come to an end? I know you took a road through yeah. cats and drug court and all that kind of stuff, if you could describe that. Okay. So, um, yeah, so I was in the cats program, but I wasn't in our cats program. Um, I was in it a long time ago when it was ran by somebody else, another facil- another treatment, um, and uh which, you know, if you're not ready, you're not ready to quit. And so I don't think I was ready to begin with because I was making sure to kind of jip the system. Um, like I was sharing earlier, you know, um, we, we have to write an autobiography. And, and when I was in CATS, I mean, I didn't even talk about my third son. No one in staff knew about it. No one questioned it. No one came and did one-on-ones with you. I mean, nothing like that. And so um, where... Where, where I work is the CATS, which is now run by Odyssey, and it's completely different, right? I think our clients are actually getting something out of it compared to how it was before because people weren't invested. Um, and so, you know, I found myself leaving uh, incarceration with, you know, this great idea that I was going to do really good and might as well make a change, and, uh, and that lasted two weeks. And, um, and then I was right back to what I was doing before, um, you know, you don't have that support network. You don't have anything like that. And so why wouldn't you? Um, but then I found myself, uh, my last day of use was, uh, um, you know, just like anyone else's, it was my saving grace. I, uh, got arrested that day and I had made a really sick, I, I like telling this part of my story cause it's kind of, kind of interesting. Although people have similar things. I remember making a promise to myself that day, that morning. Never kept any promise the whole entire six years, but all of a sudden I was going to keep this promise, and that promise looked like I was either offing myself or I was going to jail. I was going to make one of those things happen, and I was dedicated. And so I went, and I uh, went to a, a local store, and I was putting items in my purse, and I wasn't, I wasn't trying to be sneaky. I just... I walked in with my purse flat like this, and I went to walk out with it like this. <laughs> Rather obvious. Yeah, I'm like, well, I don't know. I know. I mean, my arm was literally resting on it by the time I walked out. Um, you wanted to get arrested. Yeah, because I think, I think subconsciously I knew that I was so stuck on this promise that I, if I didn't get caught, that I would have to follow through with that commitment and take my own life. And I wasn't really committed to that. Right. And so it was a a false promise that I was going to keep. 
And so, um, but I, I didn't know enough about the, the system at that time for, I don't know why I didn't know this, but uh, we, if you only had so much on you, they, they just write you a citation and send you on your way. And, uh, had and you, had you taken enough or not? Uh, no. So, <laughs> so here, how, how funny that, like, I was probably going to have to still do this promise, right? Right. And I was like panicking now. I'm like, oh my God, I got to keep this promise. I mean, like, all of a sudden I had integrity about <laughs> keeping my promise <laughs> to myself. And, uh, but fortunately enough, they had actually filed on a felony, uh, a felony, and I had a warrant out a felony warrant and so they had no choice but to call the police because you can't just let a felon go and so or back then you didn't and so um they uh arrested me and took me to jail and um i i think it's silly the same thing as other people i i tell the story that you know you get in the back seat and the the and i confess that i'm addicted to a substance you know because every other time in behind I, what are you going to come off of nothing Nothing. Yeah. I've never done drugs in my life. Yeah. I'm just tired. Yeah. And uh, and I own everything in my purse. Uh, that's my whole life. But um, And so I just, I thought, gosh, you know, this is, I'm, I don't want to do this. So I just told the officer, like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to be, I've been using meth for six years straight, and I don't know what to do. I don't know how to stop, but I want to stop. But I don't know what to do. I don't have the tools, nothing. And then that's when he, uh, he suggested um, to talk to someone about going into drug court, and that's what I did, and so, and that's where I went. What What made you feel that you needed to get arrested? That you couldn't call a treatment center, or that you, there weren't other options for you in that moment? Your only option was to either commit suicide or to get arrested. Yeah. Good question. Yeah. yeah. Why yeah. were those your only two options? Um, you know what, Rachel? To be honest, I I think it was for me. I didn't know enough about recovery and community and all that. I, I, I didn't really know that there's these things called treatments. Um, uh, Even I, though you were out on the street using for six years, you, you didn't know no, about all the places people, like First yeah. Step or Odyssey oh, or yeah, anything no, like that. No, until I worked for them, didn't know about them. Um, I didn't even know, I didn't even know that you, there were places you could go eat, that places had yeah. food for people that didn't have food. Like St. Vincent it's, de Paul Kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting because yeah. I have a similar experience. Like I had no idea until I learned. When you were out on the street, you yeah. didn't know either at all. I opened up a phone book, and that's when I found the VOA. So it's interesting to hear that side of the story. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. I definitely never heard of the VOA. Yeah. Out there. Wow. No. Yeah. No. Or if I did, I didn't pay attention because I wasn't ready to quit. So yeah, it, just how uneducated know. we are, whether for the ones in addiction or the family members, just the educational value about addiction and the services mm. out there. Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. Well, hopefully now with the Internet and widespread use of smartphones and everything else, more people are, are hearing about services available right and the courageous yeah. stories or yeah. going back into the jail like we say like she can't get away from jail which is true <laughs> yeah. right? right but it's it's stories like this and having the courage to go back in there where we can create that change yeah and the education about it yeah. so how long was the process going through drug court and staying clean and all that kind of stuff uh so um i started in my last use was uh august 16th of 2010 
And so uh, I pled in. So you've in got 11 years now? 11. Wow. Is that crazy? Yay. Over a decade, this girl. Thank yes. you. Yeah, it was really it's crazy. Um, but uh, I, I can't remember when I actually pled into drug court. I can just tell you it was uh, in 2010. Um, and uh, I pled in, and I wasn't one that went and did it for the 12, 15 months. I made sure I was going to get every ounce of benefit, and I stuck out for three whole years. In drug yes. court for three years? <laughs> I'm, being so, I'm being so facetious right now because if you make it, if you go longer than 15 months, you're effing up somewhere, okay? You're not, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, and so I was uh, not doing what I was supposed to be doing. So just kept setting myself up for failure to stick it out, stay again. They call it the bad list. Maybe they changed it now, but um, uh, I I would not ever be on the, the good list, on the gold list or whatever. <laughs> I was always the last one to be seen by the judge, mm. and it was always like that. Uh, it's Leanne again. Yeah. <laughs> What's her excuse going to be today? Yeah. Your Honor. <laughs> wasn't so, my fault. So you got to know the judges pretty well, mm -hmm. I suppose. Yeah, and, and I never used... Right? It was other behaviors that I was doing. Because you're given uh, assignments and things like that and mm -hmm. showing up and UAs and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and you, they give you a no-contact order, and you're supposed to follow that <laughs> from a judge. Uh, but I felt like that I was being wronged, and mm. I wanted to do my own program. I was going to go and see the person they, they uh, gave me the no-contact order on, and, uh, and I paid the price for that. Man, okay. I, I I stayed in drug court a long time because of that. But <laughs> now you're now you I, I see you and a couple of your buddies who you went through drug court with, mm -hmm. uh, speaking to drug court, going to drug court graduations, mm -hmm. and really supporting drug court. Yeah, I even worked my my first high big kid job in recovery <laughs> was uh, was working at drug court. Um, a friend of myself made a program, we came up with a program for peer support, right? Because now mm. peer support's really a popular thing. Well, when we started it, it was just, they were just starting to even start classes again. They hadn't even done classes for years. And so, uh, but we went to the county and drug court and said, hey, we have this idea. And uh, after us never letting up, they finally, I think they already had it in the works, kind of, but then we pushed it, and then so we got hired, and uh, and that was the best, coolest job ever, to mm. uh, sit with your peers, have a cup of coffee, and talk about what's going on. You're positive on a UA, you want to talk about that, what's oh. going on with you? And when you tell me that you didn't use, I'm going to tell you that's bullshit. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. And call you out um, because because I, I know what that's like. And then going into the courts, I'd get a sit in the court and uh, support my peers. And that's when I became really good friends with the, the judges because I was there every week, nonstop, supporting, helping, doing whatever. And um, and, and I loved that so much. And so um, that and then my peer um, that I hang out with, you know, she got hired on with us as well. And, uh, and then it was like the coolest job ever because we had three, yeah. three of us, the three of us um, that were, we worked well together. There was no power struggles or power trips. 
we all respected each other and it was just smooth just like this and uh and then you know some things came up that that out of our control and so um some of us had to go different directions and i was starting grad school and and so i i had no choice kind of but to kind of step forward but describe your life now in recovery as opposed to your life before oh man uh so now it uh, i was thinking about this the other day um even before my addiction right i i i always thought i was this really good friend i was a great friend you should want to be my friend um because i'm a great friend and uh and i would tell you that but i wasn't a good friend i my friendship came with a cost mm. so i would say how can i help you but the minute you took me on it and said i this is what i need man i was taking marking it right, right? yeah yeah, you owe me. Keep in score. Yeah. And so that's not a good friend. Who does that, right? And so um, so it was really interesting how my addiction taught me all these things that how I was, my my defects, let's say, yeah. right? And uh, and so then um, now, because I, I've had that lesson, I had that lesson thrown in my face in my addiction, um, and then in recovery, you learn to be really humbled, um, mm-hmm. I mean, every yeah. every single thing that I get to do, I'm not kidding. Like, it almost makes me want to cry to think about it right now. Um, I I am so grateful that people actually are like, hey, Leanne, do you want to come talk? Yeah. Hey, Leanne, do you want to, you know, I'm just like, what? Like, my, I don't have anything very interesting to say, yeah. you know? But, um, but I guess some people uh, do hear what I have to say, and they appreciate it, and, and uh, they know I show up for them, and... And so now it looks like I pay my bills on time. Um, I have, uh, I paid off my, my car two years early. Wow. Yeah. Um, and even before my addiction, I was, I mean, I, I would pay three months worth of payments and then you were repoing it because yeah. I was not keeping making the payments. So it, that taught me a lot. Um, I have... A really cool relationship with my kids um, that, you know, wouldn't have been this way if I hadn't had my addiction. Sure. But they, however, they uh, they have a, a brighter view of, of addiction and recovery now. And, and they're really supportive and caring. And so, um, and that's great. Um, I have, I get to eat every day. If I want to eat three meals a day, I get to. <laughs> And I can afford it, and uh, I have a house, and I can leave my purse sitting somewhere, and my everything's going to still be in it the next day. My driver's license, my credit card, my debit mm-hmm. card, still going to be there. I don't have to worry about, right? I don't have to worry about sexual abuse or physical abuse happening mm-hmm. as you're sleeping, um, right? Like, I get to wake up safe. I get to go to bed safe. Um, I, I, I just, you know, so many really cool things that I, that I took for granted before, um, because I didn't understand that. And, and today I do today. I understand what, um, what I've gained and what to be appreciative of, you know? So, so if anybody out there is watching and thinking about seeking recovery, 
that's a great description, right? Right. Now, I'm happier. You're you're that, happier in recovery, right? Yeah, that was an incredible description. Actually, it makes me yeah. want to cry. Like I'm like, <laughs> wow. What oh, are you, you like being in the jail? What is that like for you? So we talked a little bit about the cats program, and and I, when we were talking about the drug court, it made me think of it was kind of similar to fit to recover. I remember when when drug court comes out, and we we talk about it, right? Like, is it effective or is it not effective? Right. And so it seems like drug court was was that pivotal point for you mm-hmm. that really helped you and transformed you. And so I remember, you know, like when fit to recover came out and. And my family and people would judge me like, that's not going to work. Or you spend more time with them or you care about them more because I was trying to get my kids back. Like, what was it about drug court? Like, what was the effectiveness? Like, how did drug court change your life? Um, uh, thank you for asking that. So I, uh, I think my therapist gets sick of hearing this part of the story. Um, but really, um, I got to tell you, my therapist is really what started me on my journey of change. Um, and... Uh, I remember the first time I met her and telling my mom, I got home and I told my mom, oh, me and this chick are not going to get along. Like, yes. Yeah, like it's that right she can there. F off, right? <laughs> and uh, I remember telling her, it's like, we were like this. And uh, But she never let up. Like, she never, she was like, I, I am the same way to my clients as she was to me because yeah. of how she was. Yeah. And my clients don't like it most yeah. of the time. But I didn't either, but I have 11 years now. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Something uh, worked. <laughs> something right. worked. And it was like that, kind of that weird, like, I hate to use the word tough love, but it was like that tough love, not yeah. tough love, love, uh, I'm not going to let you bullshit me, and you're going to figure this out. And okay. uh, and so um, she she helped me to make that change. And then she she made it so that I believed in myself. Mm. Um, uh by her showing that she believed in me. Gosh, that makes me want to cry too. Uh, every time I say you that, you can cry. We have yeah, that's okay. around here somewhere. Right? I have my mask. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, but uh, I mean, that therapeutic relationship is so such a neat thing. Um, you you get a bond with them. Uh, you talk about stuff that you don't talk to other people about, and um, you trust them. And uh, and so I think that's what was for me what made me believe in drug court was her belief in me that I could do something different. Mm-hmm. That's even why I started going back to school to get a degree was because of her. I wanted to be like her. Um, and uh, like when I, when I graduated with my master's, um, mm-hmm. she actually, you could get three tickets, right, for your graduation mm-hmm. up at the U and uh, put a plug in for the U. Masters in social work, um, and uh, but she was one of them I gave the ticket to. Mm-hmm. So she lives in actually in uh, Washington, and uh, she flew here for my graduation. Wow! And, and came, and that, that was really cool. Um, and so, uh, mm-hmm. and then just I don't know, you know, like after a while, my my case manager there, you know, we had a little. Uh, come to Jesus conversation mm. um, because I felt like he was treating me like I was a number mm. and I was like I'm tired of being treated like a number yeah. and so I uh, I sat down at his office one day and said hey so um, your your grandson that picture of your grandson right there like I mean do you love him do you think he's cool you know and uh, he goes yeah and he kind of started bragging about his grandson and I said well that you know what that's super cool but I don't know him and I don't feel the same way you do. 
but I would never treat him any differently because of that. I would treat him the way you are. Wow, that's powerful. Yeah. So how about you give me that? Because you're, you know, you're supposed to be my case manager and support and help me. And it's like you, you rather see me fail, even though that's yeah. not what he was doing, right? Right. right. That was my, uh, what I saw. And so, and then after that, him and I, man, just, I mean, when I see him now at the graduations, he's always, you know, because we have to do it on silly uh, web X or whatever, but he's always, you know, sending me a message like, so good to see you. And um, so I think that's what made it work for me. Yeah. That, uh, that, that I was worth it. I, ha I was worth this, this effort. And they, they were even willing to make me worth it. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so I, I had, you know, how can you, how can you not uh, take advantage of that, right? Right. And, and then uh, once I started working there, gosh, I mean, the judges are so freaking cool. Like, they're all just amazing. I, I you just, didn't think that at the beginning. I know. I was thinking, did you think no, you'd ever say that? Heck no. Heck no. Like, um, and, and, you know, technically, I mean, sorry, not sorry, but, you know, I don't know that I really cared for the judge I had. Um, I, I feel like he, he was done, you know, being a, a drug court judge, you, it's a position that you have to ask for. Like you, you kind of get picked and do you want to do it? And yeah, I do. Then I got to learn about stuff. Right? right. Um, and I think this particular judge was done. I think he had been like, I'm burned out yeah. I'm, I'm tired sure, of it. Sure. And he, he was starting to get replaced. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, you know. I don't know that his experience was, it definitely wasn't because of him, I'll tell you that. Yeah. But like Judge Skanky, um, I I always laugh about people that would have him as a judge because he, he really is like one of the hardest judges. And uh, um, and and I just thought, man, because he doesn't let up. Like, I mean, he's not giving up on you. You want to give up on yourself? Cool, but he's not letting go. Mm. Tell he tell every resource is given for you and that's pretty cool that is cool. yeah so um so i mean gosh how exciting that that uh i was able to have that opportunity you know that that is really people don't look at it like this yeah you know people right now are uh kind of like they i don't they're scared of treatment i think in a lot of ways sure. and yeah, so sure. they don't they're not invested like yeah. my group was really invested in in our drug court and uh and and so but it was also because we had that drive and not that they don't have the drive but we just had a different view of it and there was more of more cohesion happening and yeah. and people wanting you to do well and um not that they don't do that now it's just it was a different era different time yes. even though it yeah. wasn't that long ago but it still was different and so uh um, but now I think that was like, uh, for example, the CATS program, um, I think that it is a definite sounding board. Uh, I look at it as, even though you didn't even ask me this question, I'm the, sorry, I'm going no, off on please, this like, tangent. Yeah, all no. of a sudden, sorry. Um, I think about now when I'm at work and I think this is a sounding board for them to leave and go do treatment like residential treatment or yeah. outpatient, right? They they already have that that one step ahead of everybody else. Right. And and that's um, unfortunate they have to do it while they're incarcerated, but fortunate that they have that 
that chance to do it while they're incarcerated. And, and right. they are fortunate to have you, as Odyssey is fortunate to have you working Thank for you. us. So believe it or not, our half hour is up already. Wow. This, doesn't it go quickly? Yeah. Oh. Sadly. Yeah. It's already over. <laughs> Leanne, you're a great guest. You went, yeah. Should we say hi to Columbus here? Hi, hi Columbus. Columbus. Thanks for watching. Go, go Bucks. Yeah, Next no. year. Uh, right. <laughs> well, Sorry. You know, what can I say? Yeah. Thank you. Just, yeah, thank uh, you. I, it's, I, she's been a great guest. You I know. know. I know. Thank I don't you. want this to end. And I, I definitely want to give a shout out to Drug Court. I haven't been involved in Drug Court. I know a lot of people that are. And our, our CATS program for sure. I think anything that we can do while people are incarcerated and the people that are that go in there and that are willing. Um, CATS has a big space in my heart. But anything that we can do to help individuals, um, because I do believe in rehabilitation, you know, over the incarceration. And I think, thank you for all that you do and going yeah. in there to help these people, um, our people, my yeah. people. So and they've done you. massive studies that this really reduces yeah. recidivism if, if you go yeah. through the CATS like program. Like just somebody yeah. to, to see you, like you've yeah. been saying, right? Like just somebody to see you and say, I'm here. And like what you're saying about Judge Skanky, like, oh my gosh, when's the last time that anybody, even addiction aside, that would, that would just not give up on you, yeah. right? Yeah. To the extreme that he wouldn't. I think that every human being would like that. Right. So someone like me in addiction, like, please, you know, that that's fantastic. That to you hear. care? Yeah, enough okay, to do so that. Okay, just to let you know I care. You yeah, mean like, something? You're wait, a face, you're me? a voice. Yeah. What? Yes. I'm important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Your opinion right? matters. Yeah, uh. I mean, that's what the CATS, that's what I think, sorry, that's what I think the CATS program does, though, is that they help yeah. build I, I and a lot of other people I work with help to build them up and yeah. help them to be able to want to transition and do better, I think. Yeah. You're so, worthwhile. You yeah. can yeah. do this. Yes. This you misunderstood population yeah. needs Great. that, so yes. thank you for doing yeah. that. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Leanne. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. it. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you. Thank Anna. you for watching another edition of Odyssey House Journals.